This is the Pariah Podcast, written and read by me, Philip Carroll. This is episode number 19, Finding New Friends. When Keo woke next, he realized he had a different need than the night before, and his leg and wrist were in splints. The swamp water had worked its way through his system and wanted to come out, explosively. The rest of the trainees used trench latrines, constructed on the first day for that purpose. With his knee in a splint, he found it difficult getting up and unable to squat. Without the healer's ready and skillful assistance, it would have been an uncomfortable as well as painful morning. Crystal returned just as the healer helped Keo back onto the bed of the wagon. Did I miss something? Crystal asked. No, nothing that you wouldn't want to miss, Keo said. I am feeling much better now, except that every muscle and every joint in my body feels like a blacksmith beat on them. He lay back down. What day is it? Keo asked. Tomorrow is the first day of the egg hunt, Crystal said, climbing up the wagon's spoked wheel and sat next to Keo. She leaned over and peered at his knee, sandwiched between the two flat pieces of wood, padded with a blanket. Can you walk with this thing on your leg? Not easily. The healer says I'll be riding back to camp, right where I am. There are a lot of things that aren't easy now, walking being the least embarrassing. Keo? In a single word, he heard Crystal's apprehension mixed with curiosity. Yes? She looked around the area and said, You said you could hear emotions of those boys who attacked you. He nodded. Do you hear other people too? I hear everyone, Crystal, all of the time and all at the same time. People I know well, I can find from a long way off. Like Storgant, I can tell if he's over in his company area. He's feeling smug, invincible, and irritable. I always know where you are and Bree are, like you can tell where the sun is when your eyes are closed, and I always know how you're feeling. And Bree too? Yes, I said everyone. All the emotions of the entire battalion are constantly bombarding me, if I let them. Most of the time, I can push it to the background and pay attention to what's right in front of me, like you. When I look at you, concentrate on you, everything else fades away. Would you rather... Do you want to be with Bree instead of me? You're curious, but hesitant to ask. You want to know the answer, and you doubt your importance to me. You're afraid I will tell you I want to be with Bree. Okay. Tears welled up in her eyes. I believe you can read my mind. Are you going to tell me? I can't read your mind, only your emotions. But I can deduce what you are asking, and no, I don't want to be with Bree. She gave me the chance to go with her, be with her, behind your back, and keep our relationship secret. Crystal's face drained of color. Kia was surprised Crystal hadn't considered that. She was sincerely shocked at the idea. I told you I wouldn't do that. I told her I love you and would do nothing to lose your trust. I love you and I don't want Bree or anyone else. And by the way, 
I don't believe I'll be able to read people's emotions once we leave the swamp. That's comforting. Let me get you something for breakfast. She slipped from the bed of the wagon and walked to their company food line. The first day of the egg hunt, Keo could sit in a chair as long as his leg was elevated. It made it easier to evaluate his broken wrist. The wrist hurt from time to time, and he knew keeping it from moving was wise. But the way the splint was applied, his four fingers were held straight and stiff. When he thoughtlessly tried to move his fingers, it shifted his wrist and caused pain. When no one was looking, he loosened the straps, shifted the splints back toward his elbow, until his fingers were exposed and could move freely. He retightened the straps and wiggled his fingers, satisfied with the result. He closed his eyes and searched out Bree and Crystal, who shuffled through the mud of the swamp, their hip boots keeping their legs free of mud. The searchers dragged their feet through the mud, never lifting their toes more than an inch or two for fear of stepping on an unfound egg. At times, one of the girls bent over, straining her fingers through the slurry of muck in search of her egg. They should be listening to their egg's call. They should be able to recognize it by this time. If they didn't, why were they searching where they were? It became clear to Keo that Bree had it right. He experienced her confidence and exhilaration as she walked with her hands out to her sides. She turned this way and that, following what she believed to be the egg's call. On the other hand, Crystal was apprehensive and discouraged. She raked her fingers randomly through the mud, following others who seemed more confident. Keo heard the eggs. They called to their companions. Their calls became more insistent and hopeful as their companions drew near. He felt other eggs grow discouraged as their handlers walked past them, oblivious to their call. How could anyone miss their egg with them calling so frantically and distinctively? He heard his, of course, though it only peeped occasionally, knowing Keo was still far away and not moving toward her. With each egg found, Keo heard the resonance and counted them, keeping track with needles from a pine tree and moving the little stacks into the shapes they used in the ledgers to keep track of sheep back home. Both Bree and Crystal returned to the camp that night without having found their eggs. They came to share the news with Keo, though he already knew. Bree, you were so close to your egg at one point, about three after midday, but something distracted you and you headed away. There was a boy who found his egg at the point where you moved away. Do you remember someone finding his egg at about three after? Yes, he was farther out. And I went to see what he found, and, and I kept looking where he was. I wish I could go with you. I could help you find them, Keo said, looking at his injured wrist. This makes me so mad. I could be helping you, and other people, too. What about me? Crystal asked. You were never close enough that I could tell it was calling to you. But it will be easier tomorrow. Almost fifty people found their eggs today. It will be that much quieter tomorrow and the next day even easier. When will you go out, Keo? Bree asked. I don't know. He leaned back in his chair, looking up at the sky. I can't walk, and I won't be able to walk. Not for weeks. 
If someone could carry me out there, I could point to where it is. It was over where I got beat up, anyway. He could tell both Bree and Crystal were sad for him, but that didn't do him any good, either. The next day went well for the battalion, with more than half finding their eggs. Bree hurried directly to where she had been the day before, when distracted by the boy finding his egg. She stopped when she got to where she remembered, and stood, relaxing her mind and listening for the creature calling to her. She dragged her legs, knee-deep in the mud, five paces back toward the shore and reached down into the slurry. A moment later, she held the slime-covered egg for all to see. Keo followed Crystal with his mind. Her egg was in the complete opposite direction as she had gone. When Bree came into camp to clean off the egg and place it in a clean sling, Keo told her about the other girl. At lunchtime, Keo woke from dozing in his chair to find Crystal behind him. Her main emotion was apprehension. She cleared her throat. Um, Bree told me you said I was looking in the wrong place. Keo felt guilty, though he knew he shouldn't. I'm sorry. I'd have come to you if I could. Your egg is out that way, in the eastern area of the swamp, if you walked out from the main assembly area. Crystal gobbled down a quick lunch then ran across the combined common area and headed east, around the marsh, to where Keo recommended she look. The more she traveled, the louder her egg called to her. Keo heard it, but would she? She passed it, hurrying around the swamp on the trail at the edge of the soft ground. Keo sighed. She went right past and carried on getting farther and farther with every step. She stopped suddenly and froze where she was. She didn't move for a long time. Her mind was overwhelmed with confusion and discouragement. She was going to quit. She turned around and walked slowly back toward the camp, her mind sinking further and further into sadness and hopelessness. Like a burst of light, hope flared in her mind and pulsed with each call of her creature. Keo heard the creature's call and felt Crystal's optimism expanding. She turned and charged into the swamp with a determination completely unlike her. Her egg peeped and whistled louder with each of her determined steps until she plunged in her hands and pulled up her egg. As the afternoon wore on, more and more of the trainees found their eggs. Bree and Crystal sat on the ground by the healer's wagon, stroking their eggs, lost in the euphoria and unity with their new companions. Bree broke out of her reverie and stood. What about you, Keo? Are you going to be able to find your egg? Can you walk? He raised his head from his pallet on the wagon and looked around. The healer was near a small fire and stewed something in a heavy little pot. Others were in the common area with their egg slings across their chests, and though the egg was secure in it, many still supported their treasures with a hand as well. I can't walk. I just need to get to the swamp, and I can get her. She's sad and calling to me. It's getting really hard to listen, too. She's beginning to feel like I've abandoned her. Have the other link leaders found their eggs? Yes, we all have them, Bree said, looking across the wagon toward their company's common area. Of course, she comically slapped herself on the forehead. I'm so sorry, Keel. I'll get them, and we'll carry you to your egg. Bree hurried away. Crystal, could you ask the healer to come over here? She was on the ground just below him. He heard her crooning to her egg. Crystal? 
he asked louder, but she still didn't respond. Healer, Keo finally shouted. Crystal stood up in confusion. What's the matter, Keo? Crystal asked. I just need to ask the healer something. Oh, well, he's coming this way right now. You could ask him when he gets here, she said. What do you need, Keo? The healer asked. Do you have a portable cot or something that my link leaders may carry me on? Of course. We use them to move injured soldiers off the battlefield, he laughed. It's called a stretcher. There's one rolled up next to you. Great. Would you get it out and teach my link leaders how to carry it? The stretcher was a simple affair, made from two poles with a heavy linen sheet stretched between them. Leather straps placed every two or three hand widths apart reinforced the sheet and allowed carriers to grip the poles in the gaps between the straps. Eight people working together could easily carry the heaviest of men on it. Bree came back with ten of the biggest young men in the company. Each had a sling across his chest, bearing the fruit of their harvest. Keo glanced over the group. Where's Nick? You said all the link leaders had found their eggs. Bree frowned and looked the group over as well. I completely forgot about Nick. I haven't seen him since the egg hunt began. Anyway, we have enough people here to carry you. He tried not to groan or complain as they helped him off the wagon. These trainees had all looked up to him in the past as one of their leaders. He wasn't willing to lose the respect and give up the role quite yet. They placed him face down on the stretcher and carried him west into the setting sun to where he had been found beaten and muddy days before. Everyone in the camp knew the place by now, and in no time he was at the spot where Kayleen had raised him from his muddy grave. Rotate the head of my stretcher to the south slowly, okay? And stop, Keo said, directing them to the proper heading. She sounds about fifty yards away. That's out in the water, Keo, Bree said. Everyone else found their eggs in the mud in the flats before the water's edge. Keo tried to look up at Bree. I know, but that's where I hear her. As the crew edged into the shallow water, one of the carriers asked, What do you mean she? My creature is female. She appeared to me in my mind when I was dying. What creature was she? Another asked. I don't know. She appeared like a human woman, mainly. He didn't want to tell them she looked pregnant. But she had big eyes, and she was naked, so it was kind of obvious. Okay, slow down now. We've gone a bit too far to the left, so turn a bit back to the right. Heading farther into the lake, the water rose to the edges of the trainee's thigh-high boots. Stop here. Keo dipped his good arm down into the water, up to the shoulder, and swung it around like he was trying to stir up the whole lake. It's just out of reach. Can we just get it for you? One of the boys asked. No, Bree shouted. You can't do that, or it will bond with you. Maybe we can lower you more, Keo. Holding the stretcher just above the surface of the water still wasn't enough for him to reach the egg. Though his fingers had brushed through the thinner layers of mud below the water's surface, the egg was still out of reach. I'm sorry to be such a bother, guys. I think you'll have to lower me right down into the water for me to reach the egg. Keo shivered as his body lowered into the lake, and he turned his head to the side to be able to breathe. He shouted, I felt it, but only with my fingertips. I'll hold my breath. Dunk me under. On three, 
one of the boys laughed. We'll lower Keo down as far as we can, give him a few seconds, and then lift him back up. They lowered him into the murky water. A few seconds later, the team raised him back out with a jerk. Cradling the egg by his side, he spit water and grinned from ear to ear. That water tastes just as bad as it did before. He clutched his egg on the stretcher next to him as they carried him back toward the healer's wagon. Hold up, Keo said. In the failing light of the day, a boy out in the mud turned in circles, screaming and shaking his hands above his head. The poor kid is about to give up. Someone go tell him his egg is about fifty paces to the west. Tell him to walk slowly, and I'll tell him if he gets off track. They set Keo's stretcher down on the shore, and one of the carriers ran out to the boy. It took some time to calm the kid down, and then he stared at the group on the trail for at least a few minutes. Finally, he started walking toward the west. You'd think he would hear it as loud as that thing's calling, Keo said. As the boy's expression suddenly changed and he hurried in the direction Keo had told him, it was clear the boy finally heard the creature's call. They rolled Keo over and picked him back up. Not seeing any more young people out on the mud, they went straight back to camp. His egg didn't speak to him. It generated an essence of satisfaction, as if it was a symbol that everything in the world was right and would remain so. As they reached the camp, the healer stomped forward. What in the name of broken shells are you doing all covered in mud again? Keo leaned up on his elbow, his egg securely in the crook of his arm. It's not mud. It's mostly just water. He shivered a bit as they set the stretcher back down next to the healer's wagon. Bree brought Keo a blanket to wrap around him after they got him into a chair, after they got him into a chair and propped his leg up. With a bucket of fresh water and a linen cloth, Bree helped him wash the mud from his egg. With another towel, Keo dried and rubbed it until it shined. It gleamed solid black, except where the sunlight reflected from it a dark underwater green, unlike anything the training staff had ever seen or heard of. There was no proof that a certain color of shell would lead to a specific creature. Their instructors had told of tiger hawks which had come from speckled eggs and solid-colored alike. Some said those eggs always had a brown-orange stripe through them somewhere, but that hadn't been verified by the instructors either. His egg was larger than any he had seen so far, and those who studied eggs had recorded the average sizes and weights of normal eggs. It would almost double in size in the next year as the shell stretched and thinned. Keo thought of the woman from his dream and imagined she was inside the shell, curled up, her skin still wet and dark with the swamp mud. He wondered if she had hair. He didn't remember seeing any, but it may have been slicked down her back in her quick rise from the water. Can you help me up, Bree? I'm not supposed to walk, but I just can't see calling all those guys back over after they had helped so much already. You come up with the best excuses, Bree said. It's part of being a leader. I'll miss doing that. I hope they choose you to be the new core leader, Bree. Why would they do that? What's wrong with you coming back to do it? I want to, and I've tried to think how I could, but it always comes back to not being able to keep up. I would just slow everyone down. 
She helped him up and let him lean his left arm on her shoulder and helped him hobble back to the wagon. The healer was nowhere in sight, but Crystal sat in the near darkness of early evening, beneath the wagon, talking to her egg. "'Hi, Crystal. We're back,' Keo said. "'Okay,' she said, cradling the egg in the crook of one arm. Bree looked up at the sky and shook her head, but Keo felt abandoned, desolate and partly alone, at odds with the sense of partnership he already had with his own egg. On the final day of the egg hunt, fewer than fifty of the trainees remained eggless. The overlooked eggs called to their companions with fervor. Nick was one of those trainees, and he knew he was on the verge of being discovered as a fraud. He'd spent the last several days drawing runes and experimenting with new shapes and alterations to create a sense of disinterest around himself, hoping it would be enough. Perhaps if he found a rock the size of a typical egg and slipped it into his sling when no one was watching, it would aid in his deception. He walked with the others who cheerfully discussed the contents of their egg slings as they all headed to the food wagons. Hey, Nick! He heard Keo call his name as they passed the healer's wagon. He wanted to kick himself for forgetting the core leader would be sitting along the path to breakfast. The boy was too perceptive and would surely see through any magical disguises he might create. He stopped at Keo's chair, amazed the core leader could maintain such a positive attitude after being beaten and drowned within a finger's width of his life. How are you today, Keo? He stroked the egg in his sling. I'm getting better. How are you? I see you still haven't found your egg. Is that getting you down? Nick shrugged. I guess. Maybe I'm not actually destined to be a creature handler. I'm not the only one, I've heard. Each year there are two or three who don't find their eggs. You passed the screening in the capital, so you have the ability to hear. Have you been doing the exercises the trainers have been giving us? Nick gave a weak smile. Yes, but I don't think I'm feeling it. It didn't sound good to him to admit such a thing, so he doubled back. Well, sometimes I think I hear something. Keo closed his eyes for a moment. From the expression on his face, Nick wondered if Keo was suddenly overcome with pain. He opened his eyes and said, Relax your mind now and reach out to the lake. Face it. Aim to your right. Nick relaxed, shutting out all thoughts until all he heard was the sound of wind through the trees. Riding on it came a faint purr like a cat. He didn't expect such a sound. He had been searching for a chirping or whistling. Why hadn't they told me this before? Told you what? I hear a purring. Is that my egg, purring? Nick's voice shook with unfamiliar emotion. I feel something, too. Not that I can hear. I feel something inside my chest, shaking me. What's going on, Keo? It loves you, Nick. Your egg realizes you have connected with it. It's happy, and it's waiting for you. Nick turned on Keo. Tears ran down his cheeks. Can you hear it, too? Does it sound like it's purring? I can. It started purring when you reached out to it. The closer you get to it now the louder you should be able to hear it. Nick turned and ran back to his platform, all thoughts of hunger and breakfast forgotten. He threw off his hiking boots and pulled on the waterproof waders. It was difficult to run in the cumbersome knee-high boots, but he stumbled along as fast as he could. 
The purring stayed in his mind from the moment he left Keo and never decreased as he changed into his boots. It grew steadily louder as Nick ran for the swamp's edge. Slogging into the mud and muck, he dragged his feet for fear of trampling his calling creature. It was deeper into the lake than he had searched in the previous days. Like Keo, it was out beyond where the mud dropped below the water's surface. By the time he towed up to his egg, water brimmed over the edges of his boots. Nick bent into the water, holding his breath, and grasped the hard oval buried in the mud. Euphoric with happiness, he turned to the shore and lifted his egg into the air. To his amazement, a crowd had gathered on the shore and broke into a cheer. Where had they all come from? Then he recognized them. His link and core had all gathered to witness him finding his egg. Walking with his boots filled with water became more difficult the closer he got to the shore, and he had to stop several times to pour out some of the water. After receiving congratulations from everyone and showing off the egg with pride, he eased it into the sling. A girl he didn't recognize waited with hope-filled eyes looking for answers. How did you find one? I mean, this is the last day. Her egg sling hung limp at her waist. It was a dumb question, but he asked it anyway. You don't have your egg? She blinked her eyes rapidly and shook her head. Come on. Nick waved for her to follow. My core leader helped me find mine. He helped me hear it. Maybe he can help you too. Keo tried to stand as Nick and the girl approached. Unable to balance on one good foot, he dropped back into his chair. Congratulations, Nick. I see you found what you were looking for. Keo reached forward to clasp hands. Nick looked at the hand extended toward him. It was true. Keo had helped him find his egg. Yet... This was his enemy, the one foretold to Nick in countless visions and prophecies that he was to encounter and destroy. Nick clasped hands with Keo in an undisguised avowal of brotherhood, an action Storgant would never perform with Nick's core leader. The conflict nagged in the back of his mind. He pushed it further back and tried to ignore it. Nick released the core leader's hand. Yeah, it was right where you thought it was. Nick nodded to the girl. This is... He turned back to the girl. I don't know your name. Fila? She said apologetically. Yeah, Fila hasn't found her egg yet. Do you think you can help her? Keo raised his eyebrows. I think so. Well, I hope so. There aren't a whole lot of eggs still calling from the swamp. You can hear them all? Fila asked. Keo frowned. Yes. Face the swamp and empty your mind. Close your eyes and concentrate on the water. Fila did so while Nick watched. Keo closed his eyes as well. Bree walked up behind Keo and stood without a word. Call out to your egg, in your mind. I can tell how badly you want to find it, but it hasn't heard you yet. I don't think. Call out again, but with more intensity and believe you're going to find it. You can't doubt yourself so much. I think that's what's blocking you. They waited a few more minutes. Nick could tell that Bree wanted to say something. She almost danced in her desire to speak. There you go, Fina. Keo opened his eyes. You heard it that time, didn't you? I did? I mean, yeah, I did. She jumped up and down. Nick dropped onto the ground and pulled off his wading boots. Here, take my boots. Let's go. Nick was back on his feet. An unfamiliar sense of camaraderie filled him as he urged Fina along. 
He had been a link leader for nearly a year and hadn't felt this connection with his own trainees. And here, with this unknown girl from another company and corps, he yearned for her to have the same success he had just found. She fumbled with the boots in her haste to be on her way. The boots were a little large for her, but that didn't slow her down, as Nick took her by the hand. Slings weighed down with their own catch from preceding days. Other trainees joined in the throng in support and congratulations as he pulled her toward the water's edge. Keo knew Bree stood behind him. He'd felt her approach from hundreds of yards away. What did you just do? she asked. I helped her find her egg. Bree crouched down next to him. Did you help Nick find his? I saw everyone lining up on the shore and wondered how he suddenly knew where to look. Keo nodded. Do you realize that you are the only one who can do that? I mean, even the instructors aren't able to direct us where to look. He nodded again. May I tell the Malcourts that if there are any who have not been able to locate their eggs, they may come confer with you? Keo sighed. I think I would be irresponsible if I said no. I only hear a few more eggs calling. Hopefully there are creature handlers to match up with them. That evening, Keo lie in the back of the healer's wagon, looking up through the mosquito netting draped over the narrow space they had made for him and his mattress. The stars, already dimmed through the misty skies over the lake, were completely blocked by the netting. Though it was late, he couldn't sleep. He felt someone approaching the wagon before he heard her. It was a trainee, a girl, and he didn't recognize her, other than she was apprehensive about approaching him. She crouched below the wagon, filled with self-doubt and anxiety. Keo cleared his throat. Can I help you with something? He sensed her surprised embarrassment and waited for her to find the courage to speak. She stood and leaned close to the wagon. Are you Keo? Yes. Are you still looking for your egg? He smiled at her chagrin. How could she know that the swamp made it so he could read her emotions? She brought her face closer against the netting between him and her. How did you know? She finally asked. There's only one egg out in the swamp calling for its companion. Why didn't you come during the day? Fear. My corps leader refused to let me come ask for your help. He said if I couldn't find my egg on my own, I didn't deserve to have one. The instructors don't feel that way. They've sent me all the remaining trainees they could who hadn't found their eggs yet to help them. Are you wearing your boots? After a pause, she admitted she did. Just face the swamp and call to the egg. There shouldn't be any interference from any other egg now. Not at night. And there's only one out there. Call it and tell me if you can hear it. It's over near your course camp, just out from the shore. She gasped. It's that close to my camp? I think it's near my platform, if that's what that sound is. You recognize the sound. You've heard it before. Keo rolled onto his side to face her. Why didn't you believe it was your creature calling to you? She sniffed and drew in a sobbing breath. I thought, well, I didn't think I really deserved an egg. I was sure they had made a mistake, or I had passed the selection by accident. She shuffled her feet impatiently. I'm sorry, Keo said. I shouldn't be holding you here. Go get your egg, 
and make sure if Storgan asks you, you woke up and heard it calling you. He doesn't need to know I was involved. Unable to disguise the amazement in her voice, she asked, How did you know Storgan is my core leader? It was just a guess. Go fast, before he notices you're gone. Thank you, she whispered, and hurried away into the darkness. Thanks for listening to the Pariah Podcast. If you'd like updates on the podcast, other fiction I'm working on, or to join my monthly newsletter, where you'll get a free short story from one of my environments, go to norvaljoe.com. You'll be directed from there. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.